This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Welcome to another To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I am the Compliance Director at Lipscomb Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have with me my co-host, Stacey Barrow, our ERISA attorney with Marathas Barrow Weatherhead and Lint. Good morning, Stacey. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to you. So um, on this podcast, I want to talk about the recent HSA health savings account limit change. So I say recent because just earlier this month, I believe on March 5th, 2018, the IRS lowered the maximum annual HSA family contribution for 2018 to $6,850. So it was $6,900. It's only a $50 decrease. But my question for you, Stacy, is why did this happen? Why did this happen in March if it's, you know, for the year of 2018? So this reduction here is a direct result of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the TCGA. That was the the major tax reform law that was passed at the end of 2017. And one of the many changes under that law was a change to how the government uh, determines the annual increases to these types of limits, like the HSA contribution limit and deductible and out-of-pocket limits, and it's a change from the consumer price index for all urban consumers, which is the CPIU, to the chain CPIU, or the the CCPIU. And this is something that uh, congressional Republicans have argued for for a long time, and they feel that the chain CPIU better reflects uh, changes in consumer spending when there are price differences or cost differences. Um, so as an example, um, under the regular um, CPIU, if the price of beef goes up, um, the, the regular CPIU doesn't take into account spending changes due to, say, the price of, of beef increasing. On the other hand, the chain CPIU says, well, look, if the price of beef increases, people just don't continue to buy more beef. They buy less beef and more chicken. Um, I know it's kind of a simplistic example, but that's the, um, you know, how the chain CPI works. And it, again, is supposed to provide a little more of a, a realistic approach to how consumers behave when there are um, changes in, in price. Um, so that's the basis for it, and it resulted in a $50 reduction off of the annual limit. Um, and you know, it, it does take some time for the IRS to pull together these revenue rulings, revenue procedures. This is one change out of a number of changes. Uh, this is you know, pretty much the only one really relevant to um, health and welfare programs. Um, but you know, it took them a couple of months to figure out exactly um, you know how this should work for 2018, and it, and it did need to happen for 2018 because, as you know, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is was effective 1-1 of 18. Um, you know, you might have already seen an adjustment in your paycheck, um, reflecting a little bit of a lower uh, tax rate. 
Well, that makes a little more sense than I guess on why it happened in March if it was supposed to be for 2018. But so to that, the fact that it happened in March, there are people out there who fully fund their HSA accounts, you know, in January every year. So to the person who has contributed the whole 6,900, what needs to happen? Yeah, so this could happen if an, if, a, if an individual put in that amount of money on his own, and it can also happen if an employer uh, makes a significant HSA contribution and perhaps put in the maximum at the beginning of the year. And we still have some employers that will do that. Um, so unless there is any um, transition relief that might come out in the future, right now the, um, the best course of action if you've contributed in excess of that new uh, 6850 annual limit is that you should include, you should withdraw the additional $50 um, and take it as a corrective distribution. Your, your HSA vendor will have a form that you can use to take out um, that additional $50, um, say if you put it in on your own outside of the employer's cafeteria plan. Now, there, again, there are some employers that will make a major HSA contribution at the beginning of the year, um, and in this case, again, if there's no transition relief, um, then the employer uh, needs to um, inform the employee, they should inform the employee, let them know that they should take out the additional $50 um, as a corrective distribution so they don't have to pay a penalty on it, and then the employer will include that $50 in the employee's gross income subject to taxes. And then so if an employer was um, pulling the money out from payroll deductions per the employee's direction, they would also need to adjust those payroll deductions to make sure that it is no more than $68.50, right? Right. If an employer has designed its Section 125 plan to allow say an employee to, to put in $6,900 um, you know, in one lump sum out of say the first couple of paychecks, uh, maybe the employee is highly compensated, um, you know, that, that also would require the removal of the $50. I think that's a little more rare, uh, but it's, it's possible it could happen. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but ultimate responsibility for an HSA account and the contributions that are going to it fall to the account holder, the individual, not to the employer, right? Well, it depends who's making the contributions. If they're pre-tax contributions, either by salary reduction or directly from the employer, the employer has the obligation to make sure the tax withholding is correct. And that's why if the employer is the one who put in the 6900 and again, whether that's through pre-tax contributions by the employee or non-taxable contributions by the employer, the employer is the one who needs to tax the employee on that additional $50, and the employee is the one who needs to remove it from the HSA um, as a corrective distribution. Okay, so it really there, there is. There is a potential avenue for an employer to get that $50 back. Um, that one, we would encourage an employer to talk to counsel if they're in that position, but they, they may be able to recover that $50 directly from the custodian. Okay. So in general, it's important that employers who have um, HSA qualified HDHP plans or 
HSA accounts that they've set up that they communicate to their employees about this change so that corrective action can be taken because uh, funds contributed in excess of the contribution limit will be subject to penalties and taxes and nobody wants that. And I do want to clarify that this is just for the family contribution limit. The individual or single contribution limit remains at $34.50. That has not changed. So if you have further questions about how to handle this, you want to talk to Stacy, um, or you want to talk to me, please uh, reach out to me, Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at lpinsurance.com. I'd be happy to answer questions for you or pass you along to Stacy for help with that. Um, but we think that this is uh, helpful information for employers, and definitely if you have an HSA plan, something that you should con communicate to your employees. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Be sure to listen in to one of our other topics and have a great day.